Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Our bodies are 60% water. We can't live without it for more than four days. And on a warming planet with a growing global population, we're having to fight harder than ever to protect it. I'm Jay Familietti, the host of a walrus podcast called Let's Talk About Water. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. is our new digital series looking at the transformation in where and how we live. Read, listen, and watch at thewalrus.ca slash livingrooms. Canadians sometimes congratulate themselves on being better in comparison to other countries, more democratic, less violent, more open to new ideas. But when topics like racism or violence against women or sexual abuse get brought up, the room and the Zoom goes silent. People lean towards believing that those are problems for other people, other cultures, not here. In her talk, Julie S. Lalonde brings these issues home. Welcome to the conversation piece. This is Julie S. Lalonde, women's rights advocate and public educator. Good evening. Bonsoir. Uh, my name is Julie S. Lalonde, and like a really good lapsed Catholic, I want to start with a confession. Um, if you invite me to your party, I'm going to make it weird. That's just like a thing. I don't do it on purpose. It's not intentional. But this is usually what happens. So someone invites me somewhere where there's some level of chit-chat and networking and chatting, and folks talk about what they do for a living. Oh, I work in IT. I'm a dentist. I'm an accountant. Uh, and then folks turn to me, and I say, oh yeah, um, I work to end male violence against women. And there's a pause. And then people suddenly need to get a drink. They feel like, oh, it's warm in here. i got to go outside get some air or something. And I'm like, oh, it was really, really nice to meet you. Also, your Halloween costume is really racist, but it was super nice to meet you. Thank you so much for coming. Yeah. I am that person at your party. And the reason why I'm that person at your party is because folks don't like to talk about the reality of violence against women. And I connect with colleagues from around the world, and they will tell you, I am the buzzkill at my parties also, so it's a universal reality. <laughs> but there is a Canadian dynamic to that conversation, which is when people hear that I do work on violence against women, they ask me, oh, where? Because they assume I'm doing that work internationally. <laughs> because as Canadians, we believe that violence against women happens elsewhere. We believe that you know how those people are in their culture, and it's such a shame. Here's some money. Go donate. Right? That's what makes us feel comfortable. So when I tell you, and I tell people at parties, that I worked in male violence against women in a Canadian context, I am blowing up an expectation that people have. Because on the surface, gender equality is a core value that people really love and hold on to quite tight. And I think we've seen this in Canada since Ivanka's dad got elected and we're feeling very smug about gender equality in Canada. So when you're a woman, a lady who's also a feminist, then people think 
you're just taking it too far. In Canada, like, we have a cool sock-wearing, like, feminist-identified prime minister, so, like, we good. You can just, like, pack it in. We're, like, totally fine. And me not wanting to pack it in means I'm taking it too far. I'm obviously super ungrateful, first of all. Like, you could live elsewhere, but you live here. You should be grateful. And therefore, the next conclusion is I just hate men. I hate men, and I'm super bitter and cynical about it, and that's why I'm just grinding against a gear that doesn't need to be grinded against anymore because we good in Canada. For the record, I don't hate men, uh, but I really wish they would stop sending me hate mail. That's like all I ask. That's like all I ask. Just like bare minimum. Thank you. <laughs> that's a lot to ask people, just so you know. I'm still working on that. Um, so when I'm told to be grateful that I live in Canada, I have to be the person that reminds folks that currently, in 2017, one in three women in this country will experience sexual violence in their lifetime. And every six days in Canada, a woman is murdered by a current or former partner. I'm not going to sit around and feel grateful about that. We have a lot of work left to do. And because people think my job is to be a buzzkill, which I joke about because in many cases it is. People are, like I said, I'm like, womp, womp. Like, that's, I'm that person. I will show up and I will be that person. And that's fine. But really, honestly, my job is to call out bullshit. That's what I do. I'm an expert bullshit caller. Because in Canada, we have learned that being explicitly sexist is not a very good, polite thing to do, right? So saying, for example, women are just asking to be raped, faux pas. However, saying, it's just common sense that women shouldn't drink around men. Sorry, common sense. That's how we say it. To say curfews and chaperones are mandatory for women, no one would politely say that in Canada. But if there's a predator on the loose, it's common sense that women should stay indoors, not go outside late at night, and to travel in pairs. It is rude in Canada to say that women shouldn't take public transit. However, when we say, when women talk about their experiences of transit and harassment that happens, we're told there's creepers on the bus, that's what the bus is, right? <laughs> so, right, we've all heard it. So, <laughs> that is why I am framed as the person who's constantly disrupting what makes people feel comfortable. I don't purposely go out of my way to make people uncomfortable. I actually like having conversations with people um, where they're nice to me and we talk about things that are nice and pleasant. But I can't deny the reality standing in front of me, and it's my job to challenge the subtext in what we hear. Challenging the idea that it is common sense that women don't, shouldn't be safe when drinking around men is not only offensive to women, but it also means you have a very low opinion of men. And I'm going to reframe that and throw that back at you and see how that makes you feel when you frame it in that way. So it's an interesting to me that I'm constantly told to be grateful, and then I'm also framed as cranky, kind of bitter, a little bit cynical. Um, and some, in many ways, I am. But what folks need to understand is that fundamentally, if you dedicate your life to ending violence against women, if you are a feminist, and let's be honest, if you're a woman who's a feminist, because we love male feminists, like we love them, like so much, like oh my god, the most amount. Um, <laughs> there's a reason why there's a joke, which is the feminist man walked into a bar. Why? Because it was set so low. Like that's how we, that's how we live. <laughs> I'm just saying, it needed to be said. So, when you're a lady who cares about women's issues, people assume that you're the person finding the negativity in everything. But in fact, feminism is inherently hopeful. By working to end violence against women, I am inherently optimistic that a better world is possible, 
that not all men are predators in waiting, that women do have strength and resilience to do great things in the world. I think the world can change. You don't. But I'm the disruptor. I'm the cranky one. And we have to flip that around and look at that for what it is. Because I haven't been doing this work for very long, and I haven't made a lot of friends, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> People see me come into meetings and they're just like, oh, damn it. And I'm like, yes, I am here to be that. I'm like the Hermione of feminism, just gonna throw my hand up like every time, just like challenging what you're saying. Just doing it, doing it. But I haven't been doing this work for very long and my being the Hermione of feminism has worked. So I fought Carleton University to get a sexual assault center and Carleton University has a sexual assault center. I challenged, thank you. I challenged the fact that we didn't have nurses that were performing rape kits. We didn't have enough nurses performing rape kits at Ottawa, and we do now. I fought for many years our public transit authority to say, why do we treat it as obvious that creepers are allowed on the bus and I'm not? I pay the same fare. Either I pay less or you get rid of the creepers. That's just what's up, right? <laughs> and that is just me with one person doing my little piece. And so I'm constantly coming back to this idea of what if there was a little Hermione Granger feminist in every space? If we all took the time to reframe and throw back at people these common sense notions of gratitude and gender equality and all these things, look at how much we could accomplish. A lot. And so for me, the secret to doing this work is hope and courage and tenacity. I'm not going to write like... Be tenacious, because it's long and it's hard, but being hopeful and reframing the fact that you are constantly seen as the person bringing everybody down, but in fact, you're the only person in that room that thinks that a better world is possible. Because I think that men can do better. I know they can, because I've seen it happen. And I think and know that young girls have the right to live in this country as free as young men. So for me, I want to ask you, if you're okay, to disrupt spaces in which you are told to shut up about it because it's awkward. Like, it's, it is awkward. I get that. That's my life, right? But I'm fine. You'll be fine too, right? <laughs> and recognizing that, yes, being disruptive is not fun. It's not easy. It doesn't pay well or at all. Your inbox will be the stuff of nightmares. But if we are in every single space, you're not going to be the only person saying those things. You're setting a new norm in those spaces. And so I'm asking you to join me. Let's like ruin some dinner parties. Let's like ruin people's Halloween costumes. Let's just like do it. Let's just lean into it. Because I'm telling you, if we all do this work, that won't be seen as disruptive anymore. We'll be creating the new norm. Thank you. Julie S. Lalonde spoke at the Walrus Talks disruption in 2017. And she's just one of over 800 fantastic Canadians who have walked, wheeled, and webcammed into the virtual stage at the Walrus Talks. If you enjoyed this podcast, consider donating. Any donation from now until the end of December will be matched. That's double the impact on creating fact-based Canadian journalism. Learn more at thewalrus.ca slash donate. Coming up on November 26th is the Walrus Talks at Home, housing, a virtual event featuring David Eddy, Andrew Boozeri, J. Ann Gilfoy, and Christina D'Amico. Register at thewalrus.ca slash events for a front row seat from the comfort of your own home.
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.